Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Talking City podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay. We're still in lockdown here, but I'm delighted to say I'm joined over the phone once again by Simon Bykowski. Hello. And that's it. Usually I say there's someone else, but uh, it's just you and me today. Uh, informal chat. It's like welcome to your life. Just um, yeah, it's a lockdown life. Yeah. Um, not sure who he is, but yes. Oh, I just know Rich. the name of the programme. Oh, no. No. Do you think you'd be better on Welcome to Your Life or Desert Island Discs? I mean, it's This Is Your Life rather than Welcome to Your Life. But, um, well, this, well, for well, copyright I, reasons, I've gone down a different route. After that, I, so. I, I would rather go on um, This Is Your Life, I suppose, because it would mean I'd really? do something of note to have people yeah. sort of reflect on my life. But uh, I'm not expecting to be invited on either, really. No, I was Sadly. thinking... Uh, I mean, this is this might tell you a lot about me, but I was having a worry yesterday because um, listeners, we will get on the football shortly. Uh, I really want want to go on Great British Bake Off, mm. and I realised that because of lockdown, everyone spent the last three months baking like every day. So my baking skills have, have diminished. The advantage I used to have over the majority of the UK is is gone. And I was thinking the only way I'm going to get on to Bake Off is if I become a celebrity and I can go on a celebrity <laughs> Bake Off. So that's been... that's uh, that is really first world problems. Mm. But, so you know, please just of... subscribe as much as you can and make me a podcast guy. Instead of slagging off this. the person that I loosely knew on Bake Off last year, maybe you should have been kinder. Mm. I yeah, I mean, some strings for you. This is a reference that Sai knew. Was she called Nancy or something? What was it? What was she called? <laughs> Someone who was on Bake Off last year yeah. was a friend of yours. Yeah, loosely. Um, Sai football. Football is back in it. Remember, we don't have to talk about is... Bake Off anymore. No, exactly. And that's, I mean, if you've survived this long into the podcast, you'll be glad to know that that's it. Football's coming back. There is an end in sight. It's refreshing. It's exciting in sight. City versus Arsenal on Wednesday. Um, Obviously, it's the first game is actually Sheffield United versus Aston Villa. But the first game, I guess people are actually looking forward to. No offence to the other two aforementioned teams. City versus Arsenal. Really interesting. There's so many... um, sort of plot lines in this of course I mean the Arteta one's interesting enough the fact that Arsenal got stuffed by Brentford the other day it was a friendly match nonetheless but we've seen yeah but it's interesting because uh, I mean last season the first game was City versus Arsenal and there was those comments didn't Arsenal say it was the ideal time to play City Um, so Mark Noble said that when West Ham played City on the opening day and uh, they got licked 5-0 was there not something similar the year before I'm the not year sure. before, I'm not sure. I, I, rem- I remember no. um, the game in December. There were some ludicrously positive uh, program notes from Obama Yang, and uh, I mean that that game may as well have been played behind closed doors for all it sort of the crowd were worth because City just took Arsenal apart like it was a, a training game. So yes, Arsenal have a long, long way to go to catch up to uh, City at their best, but. Neither team has played a competitive match for three months, so that may sort of even even things out a little bit. I mean, I guess if I want to be that guy, you could say Arsenal used to playing in front of no crowd every week. <laughs> but um, you look at next week, or you look at this week now, City versus Arsenal. And what struck me quite a lot, particularly since Guardiola's taken over, is the fact that after, I mean, it's mainly been international breaks, but after prolonged breaks, City always seemed to come back fighting a level above every other team. It obviously takes them a couple of games to get back into top gear, but City always seem to hit the ground running under Pep Guardiola. So when did you expect it to be the same, or or how do you think the three-month break is actually going to affect City? Yeah, it's it's a funny one. I mean, 
remember back to that West Ham game that City won 5-0 and sort of West Ham did have a point that City, it was a good time to play City because they weren't fully in the rhythm, but it's just they have such quality players that they can they can make the difference. And I would expect sort of Raheem Sterling and Bernardo Silva are the kind of players that really don't need that much training to be fully fit and, and sharp again. So um, they do have quality players that can hurt you at a moment's notice um, and especially in Arsenal's defence that has not been great um, that's going to be a struggle for them it's also will have been an interesting period of reflection time for for City um, on their season I mean there's 10 Premier League games left um, but the the bigger sort of prizes to be won are the FA Cup and the Champions League like second place in the Premier League will be great but they're probably going to get that even if they play at 60% of the level but it's all building towards those those two other competitions that they can can still win. So they'll want to be sharp on Wednesday to make a mark and uh, to show the manager that you know they should be playing in those those big games that are that are remaining. Yeah, it's going to sort of bring it up there in terms of the the Premier League games, especially. Is that um, maybe the, the reference of motivation now for City? Because, like you said, the best case scenario is second place finish. Maybe the worst case scenario is second place finish. You know, City are superior to eighteen other teams in the Premier League, nineteen on their day. But for City now, like you said, players will want to play their way into the best eleven. Maybe even some of them could be fighting for their future. I know earlier in the season, at least, there was talks of a mass sort of summer overhaul at City. Obviously, it's going to be interesting to see how the financial implications of this all sort of affect that and, and just how many, much movement there is in the summer transfer window. But do you not have any doubts of City's motivation, um, considering the, the title is gone already? No, I think, um, like I say, this time will have been used to kind of refresh the, the squad. And like you say, the... Um, you know, there were big, big changes that were wanted over the summer that might be kind of less likely to happen, both because of the impact of, of the pandemic on football, but also the cast situation that we're, we're waiting to hear the end of that we'll talk a bit about in a in a bit. But um, I, I don't think, I think if a player isn't motivated at under Guardiola, then he doesn't play. So it's quite easy there and there are enough players motivated to, to keep going. It was interesting, I sort of got asked to, pick a, a 22-man squad the other day because, of course, we can now have nine substitutes. Um, and I was expecting to sort of list all the kind of youngsters that have been playing with with the team in training and you couldn't fit any of them in without leaving out a senior player. So, that you know, if a senior player is does not make the 22-man squad, then it's kind of almost more significant now um, because it's not just kind of six of their teammates that they're losing out to, it's eight. So that's yeah. going to be quite significant to see uh, when the season starts, kind of who both, you know, who makes 11s regularly, but also who kind of falls out of that bigger squad. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You mentioned there as well, that you're talking about the, the squad depth and I guess another point for Guardiola is he's got a luxury he's not had too often really uh, this season. In fact, he's going to have a almost fully fit squad when he returns. You know, Laporte's been back uh, taking part in these in, in a training match at the Etihad. Um, City, uh, near enough, have got that full fit, fully fit squad. They've already got immense squad depth anyway, but it's going to be really interesting to see that lineup for the Arsenal game, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And uh, obviously, Sane should be in contention as well. 
So Guardiola can pick who he wants for the the first time this season. Like it, there's been a lot of talk about um, as as ever about Foden um, coming back and maybe playing a a bigger role in uh, in these Premier League games. And Gareth Southgate's sort of you know messaged again to say, look, he needs to be playing for City before I can pick him for. For England, and you know, I picked that twenty-two man squad, and then realised I'd left him out. It, it was there's just so much quality to. That was Pep's excuse sometimes, wasn't it? <laughs> just forget his name, yeah. Um, there's there's just like yeah, unbelievable quality, especially in that in that position. But um, it, it's going to be better for City because of the options, I think, because that's sort of what they've been lacking a bit this mm. season. Um, there have been times where they've sort of looked like they they need something that they they haven't got either because those players have been injured or because they sort of failed to sign them in the transfer market. So so hopefully you will see a, a better version of City because they have all those options available. Yeah, I guess as well in, in terms of that is I mean you've got ten games now as you said for City remaining and although Liverpool are the, the, the they're going to win the league in the next week or so. This is another opportunity for City, isn't it, to maybe reinstate. What they what they aim to do next season, and to even in these ten games to prove just why they maybe still are a better team than Liverpool, even though this season's not gone how they planned it to be. Yeah, I think there's still something to prove um, for Guardiola and his team in the Premier League in terms of kind of points total. Mm. Um, Guardiola said all along that kind of it has been a good tactical defense because they're in second, and if you look at previous champions. They've not come second in the last decade. The only team that have done so have been City. But, I mean, no one views kind of Roberto Mancini's title defence in 2013 as a good one, even though they came second because, you know, things were going going south at that point um, under Mancini. And it was kind of the beginning of the end for, for him. He left at the end of that, before the end of that season. So it was kind of like, that is how that's been viewed in hindsight. So if... I think City need to kind of lay down a marker in terms of at least staying as close to Liverpool. Um, they've got that yeah. game against them, we think, at the Etihad Stadium to come. Um, that will be a chance for them to really show that they can beat Liverpool and that this Liverpool team are beatable, um, which is is going to be very important to them. Because I think they're sort of one of the problems this season is they've not quite been able to maintain that confidence level and they've sort of been affected more than they would like from things that haven't gone their way so you know the the worry with losing at home to Liverpool would be that that would set them back for for future games but just like the winning at the Bernabeu seemed to give them a lift kind of if they could beat Liverpool at home that would be an important boost for the squad um, internally and also send a message to the rest of the league that you know their their intentions for for next year. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see. Um, yesterday, one of my friends sent me their sort of revised fantasy football squad for the rest of the season, and that's something. I mean, I'm really annoyed because this is the one season I've done really well in fantasy football. Like in my personal leagues, I'm usually like more of the bottom two. I usually get so angry by October, I just I just never log in again. But um, in terms of choosing city players, they they picked three city players. They've gone for Aguero, Laporte, and De Bruyne. I was thinking. Even when Pep didn't have a fully fit squad, he's rotating them like, every match day. And we have two games yes. a week now for near enough two months. Like, I mean, every City player, surely, that Pep Guardiola is, is a fan of will get a chance, won't they? 
It's yeah. just got to be... <clears throat> yeah. Because I was, I was saying, like, Aguero <clears throat> might be the best striker, De Bruyne might be the best midfielder, but I don't expect them all to be playing two games a week. No. Um, I, it's been a few years since I, I dabbled rather unsuccessfully in fancy league again, so I, I can't comment, unfortunately, on who might be best or, or not. But, I mean, Aguero seems like a pretty safe bet, as does De Bruyne, just because they are likely to score big when they do play. So that mm. kind of can negate um, those odd occasions when they don't. But as we saw against Real Madrid, Gabriel Jesus was picked over over Aguero. I wouldn't expect that to happen a lot necessarily um, in the Premier League just because there's not the teams that are as good as Real Madrid or that City yeah. will have to adapt as much for. But Jesus has had a very good season, uh, especially away from home. And, you know, he will, he will start games that Aguero won't. Laporte... Um, you know, I, can't, I I personally can't see him being thrown straight into the deep end when they don't have to. I mean, that's the other maybe caveat for City is the fact that although it is Arsenal at home and it's a game they want to win, the game they'll be favourites for it may, might be an unnecessary risk. I mean, from from the from the point of view that Laporte will undoubtedly improve the City defence and increase their chances of clean sheets, it is fair. I'm not sure if Laporte necessarily will get you that many points going forward. No. Um, and so, yeah, I, I mean, you know, he, he's a he he will improve the City team immensely. I'm not necessarily sure he would be a must-have in a fantasy team. No, it's um, like the, the the caveat of like some of the best central midfielders you'd never have in a, in a team because they just don't do enough. Like yeah, Fernandinho, yeah, you'd never Fernandinho, really have put in yeah. yours. Yeah. yeah, but um, if I was giving tips to any of you listening for fantasy football, I'd go for a fullback. I guess that in itself is a dilemma at City at the moment. But uh, if Mendy's yeah. feeling it, I, I'd there's go no for, one. I'd go for a Liverpool fullback if I had. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't pick any City players. Um, no, yeah, it's just difficult. That's the beauty of it. Um, so another big story that we we haven't overlooked. You, you said it before, but um, in terms of next season, City's recruitment, what happens? It's going to rely on the uh, the outcome of the. City's appeal to the Court of Arbitration for Sports. Uh, is it, we call it CAS? CAS, we can call it CAS yeah. now we've introduced it, I think. Yeah, so uh, CAS expected to announce their decision um, on City's appeal against their two-year European ban in the first half of July. So that's potentially maybe two weeks, three weeks away. Um, what's the latest that you can tell us, at least, on, on those proceedings? The appeal was heard um, last Wednesday, it concluded. Um, yeah, so I think the last... Since the last time we spoke about it, they've now had this three-day trial, which is is not as long as uh, maybe we were expecting it to go at CAS, but significantly longer than most things are at CAS. Um, you know, they're used to listing kind of multiple hearings in a day, and this one lasted the best part of three. So that that shows you the sort of the complexity and the seriousness of the case. It's obviously huge for for City, huge for UEFA. Um, at the end of the try of the hearing, we got a statement from Cass um, saying that we would get a decision in the first half of July, and that both parties had kind of expressed their satisfaction at how it had gone. Now, Cass has been a bit disrupted because um, of the pandemic itself, and you know, it was there was uh, the hearing had to be done through video conference and things like that. So you can imagine kind of. You, you, you could imagine it was more Zoom than house party, but still the chance for uh, some technological glitches to go ahead. Was it a quiz halfway through? Yeah, I think there was, yeah. <laughs> Bit of a pub quiz. Yeah, yeah, fancy dress, all that. It was, um, 
And but I, I special think guests rolled out. So it hasn't sort of been picked up on too much, but Cass in their statements saying both parties express their satisfaction is kind of another sign that this is it for, for City and UEFA. There are other options that they can go down if Cass does not rule in their favour, but this is pretty much it because Cass is seen as the best, uh, yeah. the best way of solving these disputes and... You know, you would have to be really, you would have to find something seriously wrong with kind of the procedure um, or the, the the judgment. But, you know, that everything that cast you right lessens the chance that um, either party can then appeal. So, you know, by July, we should kind of know, um, we, we should know before the Champions League starts what is happening to City in the Champions League next year. And, and that is what City have wanted for for a while. So in a sense, they yeah. got what they wanted because they said from the off they wanted a chance to clear the name. They wanted this fairer hearing. They said they had irrefutable evidence that would put them in the right. We've not had the chance to see any of that evidence. We know so little about the facts of all of this. Um, neither side kind of asked for for a hearing in in public. They they could have done, but but didn't. Um, but I don't think that is kind of that unexpected or or unusual. Um, but yeah, sort of by July, we should have a verdict um, that will either free City up to play in the Champions League or or not, and that will kind of set the set the tone for for the transfer window and kind of next season because it puts a very different slant on the season if you if you're not involved in European competition. Yeah, and of course, um, we'll bring you up to date on any of those proceedings, any developments on the Manchester Union News, and we will have a special edition podcast when that verdict um, is given. Um, we will let you know how that affects City, what repercussions could be either way of the uh, the outcome, and we'll let you know the latest on that. Um, City versus Arsenal site, and there will be a new man on the touchline, we're expecting, uh, City's new assistant manager. Is it Juan Malilo? Yes, Juan, yeah, yeah. Juan Malilo. Your pronunciation is as good as mine. That's what I like to hear. Um, I mean, this is a vague question. You probably have to write about it yourself. What can City fans expect from uh, Juan Malilo? Um, I, I he, what, he had a trial at City 2005. Um, he kind of knows the club. Um, uh, Pep Guardiola is a big fan of him. Yeah, so Guardiola kind of went to Mexico to play under him towards the end of his playing career. Um so sort of so much did he believe in this coach and uh he's a coach a bit like um Maurizio Sarri in a sense or I guess Bielsa perhaps that kind of he's not had that much success with the clubs he has been at and he's been at quite a few clubs but um he is viewed within coaching circles and certain coaching circles as this brilliant thinker um and Guardiola Bielsa then yeah, yeah. Um, so, so Guardiola loves him, and I think it's important that um, that that is the case. And Guardiola now has another voice on his coaching staff um, that he can bounce ideas off. Um, obviously, he lost Arteta uh, at the end of last year, but the the year before, he lost his kind of long term number two, Dominic Torrent, who went off to New York City um, to be a a manager and you know the the importance of that I think was was understated at the time because City kept winning. But it's important for Guardiola and for like his his general happiness and, and well being and kind of reason for staying motivated as a coach to to have these 
these people around him and these ideas to to work with and against. So, I mean, Lilo has yeah. si- signed up until next season, but he's very much part of the furniture now as Guardiola's backroom staff. So, um, you know, you can imagine that his future will be tied into Guardiola's. But the very fact that he's signed would be another sign in case any more signs were needed that Guardiola is staying until at least the end of next season. God, I, I missed writing about Juventus' interest in Pep Guardiola every day. <laughs> Let's yes, see if we can. Exactly. Maybe just mentioning the J word will get a, get another gossip back. Uh, <laughs> you've had three months to do it. You've not done it yet. Come on, times we're now. We've got two days left before football returns. I know. Um, yeah. But Sai, yeah, we've been looking at this packed fixture schedule. Looking at packed fixture schedule for you as well. I'm glad I've got uh, 10 days off starting Friday. Um, I'm sure the listeners <laughs> are as well. Don't worry, there won't be a podcast for two weeks from me. Um, City vs Arsenal on Wednesday. Then it's City vs Burnley next Monday, the 22nd. Then it's Chelsea away on the 25th. And then on the 28th, it's Newcastle away. A lot of travelling. The week after, it's Liverpool. It's Southampton away. That that one's not been yet confirmed, the uh, Southampton fixture, which day it'll be. But um, yeah, packed fixes schedule now for City. Um, but as we said before, Sai, they're probably better to best to cope with it than many of the other opponents. The motivation might not be there. But just looking ahead to Wednesday and maybe to Monday as well, if you can stretch that far, it's probably covered in this podcast. What can you expect from City against Arsenal on Wednesday night? Um, yeah, just to note that I the fixtures haven't been confirmed, but I would hope that that Southampton away game is Sunday at the earliest because they're, they're playing Liverpool on Thursday night uh, yeah. at home. So you would, I mean, Saturday would just be horrendous. Um, but yeah, I, I would expect kind of a, an early season vibe from City, really. I think that they will show, there will be passages of play where they look like they're their absolute best. There will be other passages where they're a bit rusty um, and they've certainly been a bit con- in- inconsistent at the back uh, the- across the season. So it'll be interesting to see if Laporte um, can kind of strengthen that or if he's chosen to. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as Arsenal <clears throat> is concerned, you would expect that they would have a similar thing, um, a bit more intrigue with Arteta, who's kind of masterminded a few City victories over Arsenal. So can he do the reverse? But the you know the the two teams, there is a, a gulf in in quality. So City will go into this game as as favourites, and they may well get kind of more um, more out of Arsenal than they do out of Burnley, who usually give City a very good game. And, and again, I think Burnley will be a test to see how well kind of Dyche and his team kind of prepared for, for the return of football because it's when they're at their most drilled that they, they give teams a real problem. So, um, you know, as far as City are concerned, as you say, they should have an advantage because they're used mm-hmm. to playing three games a week. Um, yeah. And, and other teams aren't. And for you, Si, three months without writing about a game, it's going to be an absolute field day for you, isn't it? It's uh, it will make a change certainly. Um, uh, just just getting out of the house will be nice, to be honest. Um, yeah. But although it looks like the end of the uh, Man City press pick and mix that you were usually treated to, doesn't it? <laughs> well, we, we all have to make rules. sacrifices in these times. Yeah, I'm not sure if you um, put that on Twitter. Many people would be caring for you, but uh, no, I don't think the no. main tears shed. But uh, <laughs> I, as, as a pick and mix connoisseur myself, we start with food, we end with food. I, I feel your pain. But um, yes. Sai, thank you very much for joining us today on the Talking City podcast. Um, all the best for your return to football. Hope it goes as well as possible. Hopefully, a uh, winning start for City as well. And like we said, we will be back again in the next couple of weeks and there will be a special podcast at the start 
of July when that cast verdict is delivered. But until then, enjoy your football, stay safe, stick to lockdown regulations um, as and where they are, where you apply to, wherever you're listening in the world. But football's coming back and we hope to see you again next time. Please do leave a like and subscribe if you haven't already and join us again next time on the Talking City podcast.